Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast. Welcome to the Maluli Asset Podcast. This is episode number 203. This is Tim Maluli. And I'm Tom Maluli. Welcome to the show. Uh, in this podcast, what we do is we get questions that come in through our mailbag, and uh, we pick out some of the ones that we think will appeal to most of our listeners. And uh, Tim, why don't we jump right in uh, with the uh, first question this week? Sure thing. The first question asks, where should I move my 401k gains before the bull stock market ends in preparation for a market crash? The summary says... We're both, we're both <laughs> looking at each other like, okay. What a way to start it off with a doozy. Um, the summary goes on to say, my 401k accounts do not have the option to automatically sell at a stop point. How do you recommend that I lock in my gains before the bull stock market ends? Is it better to move my gains into my 401k money market or move them into my 401k defensive stock position, for example, a utilities fund? Well, if the market's going to crash, everything crashes. So Your utilities fund would crash too. Right. So everything will go down. Some will go down more than others. But how do we know when we're going to have a crash? You don't. It's Tim, before... you had a good line right before we turned on the microphone. Right. This this person asks, how can I prepare for a market crash? It's like, well, how can you prepare to get struck by lightning? You don't know when that's going to happen. And so, the odds of that happening are very slim. Right. They should be more prepared for a bear market. Right. I think sometimes people get hung up on the jargon, though, and they think crash equals bear market. Uh, 1973, 1974, bear market. It was two plus years of just slow grinding losses, and it just wore everybody out. Crashes like the one in 1987, like we've had a couple of times since then, they're quick. They're sometimes out of the blue. Most times they're not, though. And uh, they usually, I, I can't say always, but Many times when there is a, a short-term correction, the market comes back. So the answer to this also depends on the age of the person asking the question. Right. And for someone who's 29 years old, they have money in a 401k and they're trying to lock in their gains, I would it's a recommend, yeah, don't do that. You're 29 years old. You can live through it. Right. And you should. But it changes as you get older. You know, the, the advice for the 29-year-old may not hold up as much for a 49-year-old or a 69-year-old. Definitely not. If you're 69 years old, you're getting close to retirement and maybe starting to take money from that 401k. It might be a good idea to, to lock in those gains and move it to a money market or something, uh, you know, some sort of cash equivalent in your 401k plan to keep it safe. Or at least some 
something more of a conservative allocation if you're a retire someone who's at the retirement zone you know if you're in your 60s yeah you should be thinking about repositioning these this account so that it is more conservative in nature you should do that now anyway even if it's a bull or a bear market you should like tom said you should be doing that anyway at that age right i think there's a um a misunderstanding in the general public about what these 401k accounts are all about. Because we, here in the office, we run into people who consider this Vegas money. And it's like, well, I got to step on the gas with my 401k because I need to double this before I retire. That's not how it works. It, it just doesn't work that way. But some people feel that this is hot money and they need to be moving it. I was really surprised 10 years ago when plan administrators starting put it started to put collars on how many transactions you can make in a month or a quarter in your 401k account. As an advisor, the first time I saw that, I, w- I said to myself, that is ridiculous. Uh, who's doing that? Who's making that many transactions in their account? Someone getting close to retirement that's trying to... Um find that magic sauce to double their account in a couple of years, but, you know, just transacting their way to <laughs> lower returns, most likely. Yeah. So the answer to, should I move my 401k gains before the bull market ends? Um, it, it depends on your age. It depends on your circumstances. We need a little more information than what we've got here, but... I, I cringe when I hear these kind of questions because it just tells me that whoever this person is, they have the completely wrong attitude about retirement and their retirement account. Let's move on. The next question asks, how should I approach paying off my student debt? The summary real quick says, should I pay the minimum amount required each month or pay off as much as I can afford every month. Well, I would prefer to see someone pay off as much as they can handle every month. So the problem though is that some people go a little overboard and you know, if you're paying money into something that you don't have access to in the future, if you're paying off a debt and then you run into a cash crunch at some point in the future, you're going to really regret paying off as much debt as you did. So, uh This is a good opportunity to remind people that that bill or invoice or, you know, payment book that you get regarding your student loan, that is the minimum that it will take. You can pay your loan off faster and no one is going to have a problem with that. The, The sooner the better. But you need to make sure that you've got that safety cushion. You've got that, um, you've got a reserve several months of expenses, fixed expenses set aside uh, before you can do that. And then I, we would encourage all of our listeners that have student loans or car loans or mortgages uh, over and above that, get rid of it. Get rid of it. Yeah. That uh, makes you a slave. Don't ever forget that. The good thing about this question, though, is that at least the person is paying off their student debt. You know, oh, We get questions a lot about... You know, how can I get out of this obligation that I've got? It's, I, re- yeah. it's really hard to 
get rid of or have your student debt forgiven. Some people have the idea in their head, well, there's always bankruptcy, right? We, we've actually gotten that question a couple times. And unfortunately, bankruptcy doesn't wipe away your student debts. So that's not really an option. Yeah. And we actually, this week's video uh, for the Maluli Asset Show is covering that exact topic. So if you want to know more about that, definitely check out the video when it goes up this week. Yes, make sure to tune in to the Maluli Asset Show, episode number 67. That's our video over on uh, on the website and also on YouTube. Yep. It'll uh, cover pretty much everything you want to know about that topic. So, Tim, a somewhat related question uh, came in, and they said, what is the best way to pay off graduate school debt using my 401k? We did not plant these questions. They came in random, but uh, they're, they're too good to pass up, especially since the previous two questions were on these topics. So the summary goes on to say, I have grad school debt. So we have to, we have to assume that they're out of grad school. Right. I have grad school debt that I'm trying to pay off as soon as possible. I have savings in my 401k, and I'm trying to determine the best way to use these funds to help pay off my education loans. So they have loans. What would be the most tax-efficient way of doing so? Should I roll over my 401k to an IRA? Is it possible to avoid paying the 10% penalty in taxes? A lot to unpack here. Right. And unfortunately for this person, you really could only use your 401k funds to help you pay your tuition for, for college. It's... Now that they already have the loans, it's you can't really take a hardship withdrawal um, from your 401k to be able to pay back student loans. So there really isn't a way, the same thing would go for an IRA, there really isn't a way to use those funds to pay for loans that you already have. So, Tim, I want to just back up a moment and let's see if we if we get the facts right. So it seems that this person has been working for a while, has a 401k balance, but they went back to grad school, maybe they went at night, and now they have loans for their education that they've got to pay back. And they've got this money sitting in a 401k. So the first thing that I would say is, I think a, a good discussion to have with a financial planner would be, why are you still contributing to a 401k when you're going to school at night? You could use that money for tuition. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, like you said, they could have used the money while they were going to school as a hardship withdrawal to pay the tuition as they were going along instead of piling up the loans. Now the problem is they've got a 401k balance. They also have student loans. You know, how do they, can they take the money out of the 401k? They really if they're working, they can't even take the money out of the 401k. They'd have to leave the company to do that. So they can't even do that. So this person kind of backed themselves into a corner by asking this question after they already put the money in the 401k and got the loans. I'm sorry this is going to sound crude, but you know, light the barn on fire and then ask, like, what are the safety provisions that we have? Do we have a fire extinguisher? Yeah. And... This goes to pretty much 
all of the questions that we get here. Uh, just a simple conversation with a financial planner before you make some of these decisions would help so many of these people. We sit here and shake our heads and it's like, I, you're asking these questions and there are, a lot of them are after the fact. Right. Think, think before you do some of this stuff, guys. Come on. And a lot of financial planners will just tell you, even if you're a random call-in, most people in general want to help other people. I, I think if someone just called in randomly and said, hey, here's my situation. Can you at least point me in the right direction? I think a lot of people in our line of work would be interested in helping someone at least not make a fatal mistake. One thing that this person can do in this particular situation is if they haven't taken a loan from their 401k, they may be able to take a loan from their 401k and use that money to pay off the student loan. They're trading one loan for another. You have to check the interest rates to see if you're getting a better deal on something like that. So there, there is a way to do it. But the other thing that I, I caution you to before you do that is the rate, the nominal interest rate may be better. Maybe you're paying 7% on a student loan and you're paying you know 5% on a 401k loan. But the other problem that you have to look into is most times when you take a loan from a 401k, it needs to be paid back in five years. And your student loans, they're usually 10 years. You could also, this person could also look into an income-based repayment schedule where they pay it over 20 years and pay a lot less. We covered that in the video. Right. So this person does have a couple options here. Probably not the options they were looking for, but... This person needs to talk to a, a financial planner. Yeah, that's that's the long and short of it. So let's move on to the final question for episode 203. How do I minimize the amount of taxes I pay when I sell shares from a former employer's 401k plan? Okay, Tim, we have, it seems like in every episode, we have one question that just makes both of us sit back in our chair and just give a big sigh. Yeah, this is definitely it. Oh, boy. Yeah. So here's, the, here's the, the summary on this one. I'm 34 years old, and I have company stock from a former employer's 401k plan sitting in a brokerage account. I left the company five years ago. The company's shares have significantly increased in value over the past 12 months. I'm skeptical if the shares will hold their value in the future, and I believe I should sell high and move the funds into my IRA. All right, let's just pause for a second. There's nothing that says he has to move the money into an IRA. The money can stay in his 401k. But let's just move on with this question. I know that if I sell the shares, I face tap tax implications. Wrong. Totally wrong. He then goes on to say, he or she then goes on to say, I'm trying to determine whether I should attempt to sell the shares... And if so, what's the best way possible to minimize the amount of taxes I'm required to pay? The reason that this makes me shake my head is that these people, this person is probably not the only person who thinks along these lines. And it just shows the lack of education towards these plans that they're just 
piling money into. But Tim, let's not pick on the individuals. It's the plans themselves and the employers that don't really do a good job educating the participants on the ins and outs of these things. This person clearly has bad information. Exactly. That's that was more my point too. It's yeah. it's not the person asking the question has some responsibility, but most of the responsibility here falls on the employer and the plan providers to educate the people that are in the plan as to what the details of the plan are. So do you want to just address the issue of taxes and selling stock inside the plan? Sure. I mean, this is a 401k plan. Um, So like any retirement account, buying and selling within the plan isn't going to cause any tax implications at all. None whatsoever. As long as the money stays within the plan, you're not going to have any tax implication. That's right. So if this person thinks that he says they're skeptical, the shares will hold their value in the future and he wants to sell high, then sell high. They're not going to have any tax implications because it's within the 401k and he's not talking about taking the money out of the 401k. Right. So again, to summarize, the only time that you're going to have any tax implications is if you take money out of the 401k and don't roll it over into an IRA. Right. I was going to say, even if he... Even if this person chooses to move the money after he sells it into an IRA, that still wouldn't cause any tax implications because it's a rollover from a 401k to an IRA. That's right. So, Tim, you and I have done some work uh, over the last year with the Department of Labor changes that have been potentially coming on, then delayed, then they're probably going to come on at some point. But there's still a lot of folks out there that could be impacted by the Department of Labor changes if and when they ever get pushed through. And this is an area that is worth spending a minute to talk about. So it used to be um, standard discussion. People would say, I'm leaving my old job. The first thing that a broker or an advisor would tell their the person they're talking to is, we're going to roll that money into an IRA. Why is that not necessarily uh, the right thing to do every time? Yeah, it's definitely not a blanket answer where that's 100% the right thing to do for everyone because some plans have, you know, the the options within the plan, they've negotiated really low fees for people. And moving money out of the 401k plan is going to cost the client more money in the IRA when they have to buy the funds or, you know, the expense ratios on these funds. Uh, So it could be more cost effective for the client to leave the money in the 401k. That's right. Now, there are some plans that have very limited options. And if you do roll the money into an IRA, you're going to have, you know, potentially unlimited investment options. So you've got more potential to do other things. So it's not a blanket decision anymore that you must roll the money from a 401k once you leave a firm into uh, an IRA. I feel like some people might have the the notion based off of these potential changes with the Department of Labor that they always want you to do the opposite and leave the money in the 401k. And that's not necessarily the case either. I think the changes that are going to come about 
pretty much just are asking advisors to have more of, of a discussion and dig into whether which one is going to be better than the other. It's not necessarily you need to leave it in the 401k or you need to move it to an IRA. You got to do your research and figure out which one's better. I think the, I think what you're trying to say is that individuals need more information and a little more awareness in terms of what their options are. They do have options. And uh, it's something that while you don't want to confuse people with too much information, I think they have a right to know that, hey, you don't necessarily have to do this or that. You can you, you can take your time and decide. Yeah. So it's a good topic. Good questions today in episode 203. So thanks, for everybody, for listening, and uh, join us again in episode number 204. Hey, thanks for listening. Listen, I have a big favor to ask you, and it might take you 30 seconds or less, and it would mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, please let me know, and let the team know as well. And you can do this very easily by subscribing to the podcast. It's probably the biggest favor you can do for me right now, and it's really simple. Just go over to iTunes. Search for Maluli Asset and click subscribe. Again, it'll only take a few seconds to subscribe. And if you subscribe now, it'll really help me out a lot. Thanks again.